In today's episode, I get the honor and privilege of interviewing the man, Patrick Sullivan, founder of Evango, and we talk about the key discussions you must have about parenting before entering into your marriage. It's so much fire, and he also gives you something for free at the end of the episode for you to continue this discussion with your partner, so make sure you stay tuned to the end of the episode where you could get that free gift from him. Let's go. The real question is this. How can you be more intentional in your relationship before the wedding day so you can live out a Christ-centered marriage that doesn't just survive, but thrives? Welcome to the Journey to Marriage show. We are your hosts and relationship coaches, Rafi and Sarah Fiolina. We believe that if it takes almost a decade to prepare for the priesthood, then a single course or retreat isn't nearly enough to prepare for a lifelong marriage. We help couples like you enter into your marriage vocation with confidence through developing your relationship. We're glad you're here. Now let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 102 of the Journey to Marriage show. This is Rafi, your host, and I actually have a really awesome guest that I have the honor and privilege to to talk to and to interview you, um, to interview him for all of you guys who are listening. And um, most of you might already know him because most of you who are listening to this right now have came from the Catholic Engaged Summit. And uh, he is here on our show, second guest of the Journey to Marriage um, podcast. And we're so excited to have him here. Uh, just a little bit about him. He's a Catholic speaker. He's the president of Evango. He started this program, this Catholic parenting program called Me and My House, which Sarah and I are students of. And he's practically the the expert when it comes to parenting and Catholic parenting more particularly. And I mean, who better to know and learn from a man who has nine children of his own to learn about parenting. So I'm so excited and honored to have him on our podcast and to introduce you to uh, introduce you all to him. So without further for, uh, further ado, further delay, I want to introduce you all to Patrick. Welcome, Patrick. Hey, Rafi. Thanks again for having me. This is really exciting. Always cool to sit down with you and chat faith and family. Yes. It's been it's been a, a good minute since we've last connected. It has, yeah. Catholic engaged summit, and I just wanted to figure out like how's how's everything, how's how's family life, parenting. Family life, parenting is all going well. We have, as I mentioned before, we have quite the the range in our house with the oldest being teenagers and uh, a child that's just a couple months old. Um, busy is the word, but as long as we're keeping it good, busy. Uh, we Sullivans, we're, we're doing quite well. And from what we're hearing around uh, the Catholic world, families everywhere are really trying to dive into their faith and make their family life, especially now during this whole COVID craziness, uh, into a much better environment for their kids. So I'm, I'm so pleased to hear that as well. Powerful. I love it because I've been we've been following all of your stuff on Instagram, and we just love how you incorporate the Catholic faith in your family life. And really just learning how to like live liturgically. We see like all your kids dressed in like saint, dressed like saints and like incorporating the feast days in your family life. I'm like, man, this is really solid stuff. 
Um, <laughs> and we're hoping to incorporate. I mean, we've been trying to do this with Stella. So our daughter just turned nine months a few days ago. So um, we've been trying. We've been trying to, our best to kind of like incorporate the faith in mm-hmm. our conversations and how we parent. Uh, I don't know if she will remember a lot of these things at her age right now, but just really just building those habits early on in our parenting journey. But we just want to thank you. We're we're so we're so grateful to have such a mentor like you to kind of help us to go like to guide us through this whole journey. Because yeah, like one of the things I tell our couples on our show is how our expectations of parenting was completely like unrealistic like when i came into the whole <laughs> journey of preparing for for parenting like i felt like mm-hmm. i was prepared i felt like i read the books i was ready yeah. then it happened and it just felt like oh man i've got to learn how to do this i had to i had to learn how to change and be yeah. flexible and grow in patience so um, and that's the power of you have mentorship right i mean you guys are doing an awesome job for the you know the people who are coming to you constantly we all think in preparing for marriage, it's going to be like this. But then you sit down with a couple with experience. They've thought it through. They're clear. And you go, I think I could learn a lot more from those two. Uh, and it's the same thing with parenting. We can read. We can talk about it. But at a certain point, it really helps to sit down with someone who's analyzed it, looked at it, and doing what you ultimately want to do. So if I can give back a little bit to any couple or even single person moving forward saying, yeah, I think, I think being a parent is that's in the cards for me one day. Well, then this is going to be the episode for you because I know where your heart is, Rafi. And certainly I hope everyone knows where my heart is. We want you to have awesome families and we want you to fall in love with your family life, not going home going, Oh, I'm so tired because of those kids. No, I want you to feel like I'm tired, but man, look what happened today. This is great. So that's where this is all building towards creating that family culture that you want. And that starts now long before the wedding day, actually. Mm, I love it. And it's crazy because like the media, the movies, the culture, they show how like the, oh, I'm tired. I'm tired of kids are yelling and there's like no, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. And then how as Catholics, we see this suffering as a joy too. Like we can Mm -hmm. find the joy in all this um, Mm -hmm. by by being intentional, but um, let's jump in. I I have a few questions that I want to talk to you about. Because primarily our audience are not married. They're single, mm-hmm. they're dating, they're engaged, they're on this whole journey to marriage. And I know m- many of them might be thinking like, parenting is so far away. Like I shouldn't even be thinking about all this right now. There's already so much going on in our relationship. But I wanted to ask you like, why why should it be important for people who are not married or young couples discerning and preparing for marriage to start talking about parenting um, throughout this whole discernment? Well, here's the the fact, okay, Rafi? If you don't start that conversation right now, maybe you're engaged or maybe you're you know dating or maybe you're thinking one day I hope for those things. If the parenting piece isn't a part of it, you are going to become blindsided, not by a little thing. A child in your life is no small thing. A child in your life completely reroutes your map. It really does. And Ravi's nodding, and I think other parents out there, it's going to be a huge nod. This is not a small adjustment to your plan. If you don't talk about parenting now, you're going to realize you left out the biggest part of the map when it comes to your joy as a married couple. 
your joy in living out this vocation, the peace that you could actually have. So unless it's there at the forefront, and we're going to talk about various ways you can discuss this with your, you know, um, your fiance or the person you're dating with, or things just to think about on your own, unless it's there, you're going to have to throw that map that you thought was so detailed and perfect <laughs> because it, it is not going to account for really what will become the greatest and most important thing you'll feel like in your life. When you see that little face and you see the person you love in that little face, you see your own past in that little face, you see your families come together, one body in that face, man, that old map you have is just insufficient. Mm -hmm. So we need to start those conversations now. And there's, there's a lot of things that we could bring up and I think we should bring up. Would you mind going and jumping into that? What should they be discussing? Oh, what should they be talking about? Well, I always advise people, Rafi, you know, start with the dreams you already have with each other. Dreams, you know, you're thinking, okay, I'm single. One day though, when I get married, I want to, I want to travel. Or one day I want to make sure that I always go to the theater. Or I want to make sure that, you know, I really incorporate whatever it is. I want you to take that. Don't lose it. Don't throw it out. And this happens all too quickly, all too often. We say, oh, there's a child. Well, obviously a child is important. I can't be the person I want to be. I can't fulfill the dreams I want to fulfill. They crumple up that map and they throw it. Don't do that. Simply incorporate them into that story, into that dream. You want to go to the theater. Ask yourself, well, how can I do that? Because there is always a way with a child in my life. I want to travel. Okay, how do we do that? When we have little Billy, little Sally, we don't want to travel without them. We don't want to leave them for weeks at a time. How do we do that? And once you start that, it's amazing the solutions you can find. I've met people over the years who, I remember one uh, woman years ago, uh, really taught me something. She had traveled so much as a young woman, so much. And I said, well, can you mind explaining to me how that came about? Like, I thought you had a quote unquote regular upbringing. And she said, well, I did, except my regular upbringing meant that my parents included me in their dreams. They loved to travel, so they took me with them. Why wouldn't they? And it was a shock to me because we're so used to hearing from the culture out there, the dominant culture, that you cannot be joy-filled. You cannot have that sense of relaxation or anything else if you have children. So it was a real shock. So I tell people now, one of the first conversations you need to have with your, you know, if you're dating, if you're going to be married soon, is how do we include these kids in our dreams, in our plans, on that, on that map? Because we don't want to crumple it up and throw away. So that's one of the biggies. Wow, that's really awesome. And I know that's something that we've had to be more unique as to like, how can we do that with the baby? Because we still want to date. We still want to do all, all these yeah. things. And thankfully... I'm around my grand my my parents. We have my par my parents out here helping out um, whenever they can, and um, I love how you just said how you can how you don't have to just throw all this away. And this is something that most couples they they desire kids and being able to raise a family, but you don't have to just you don't have to throw away everything else because that's what a lot of people try to. I guess yeah, like what you said in the in the culture, the movies and stuff. It's like oh, you have kids. Now it's just going to be tireless nights and mm -hmm. can't like, it's just going to be the same thing every single day. But well, uh, look what they propose, Rafi. They really try to force this culture. We're talking about this dominant culture. They try to say it's an either or mm -hmm. you can either be happy and fulfill your dreams or you can have kids. 
you can reach the heights of your career, you can be who you really want to be, you can be successful, or you can have kids. And the fact of the matter is, I have none kids. I know what they're saying is not true. I know that. And I've met numerous people over the years who've proven to me personally, and just, it's there for everyone to see. That is not true. It's not an either or when it comes to children. It should be something like, I get to be successful. And here's really, here's really that frosting on the cake. Mm. I go home after my busy day, after being successful, after climbing the ladder, accomplishing these things. And I see my beautiful kids. Mm. You know, I think we talked about this before, Rafi. People used to say to me years ago, I feel sorry for you. You work so hard and then you go home and have to deal with all those kids. At the time, all those kids meant four little kids. I said, are you kidding me? I, as soon as that key gets in the door, I hear little feet running and I hear at least one voice, daddy's home. And the excitement is there. I mean, I walk into a home where I'm loved, I'm missed, and people are building up dreams for me. My little kids have great dreams for me as I have for them, right? So it's not an either or, even though the dominant culture is shoving that down your throat constantly, it's not. It's about the frosting on the cake. I get to be successful. I get to pursue my passions. I get to do all these things. I can have a great marriage. And look at these kids. Aren't they amazing? So we really have to rewire how we're thinking if we're going to have that peace and joy in our homes that we actually want. We want that. No one wants to throw away the dreams they have for themselves. I have friends who play guitar and have played guitar for years and they're amazing. And I remember talking to this one friend. He said, oh, Patrick, I thought I had to give that up. I said, what do you mean? Why would you have to give that up? He said, I don't know. It just felt like through the culture, through extended family, through colleagues that I wouldn't be able to enjoy guitar anymore because I was having my first child. Maybe that, maybe that sounds silly to someone listening, but that's the pressure that's put on us constantly. Well, it's an either or. It's kids or your dreams. No, not true. Not true. Don't throw away that map you've created. If you're starting at this stage, including the child in that plan, it's going to be a better plan. It's going to be a better map. And you're going to hold on to that. It's going to be really cool. I love it. I mean, that's how, that's how we feel. Like, especially like building our ministry uh, right now, while also having like being parents and raising a child, it gives us so much more purpose as to exactly. what we're doing. Um, yeah. And I, I totally feel the same way because yeah, I mean, if for me, I'm a very, I love to work. I'm very overly yep. ambitious sometimes. And it's just really nice to just be there and like hold my daughter, especially during those times when I am like really stressed out or I'm just like overworking and I'm like, yep. wow. Like I got, I just got to be here. I just got to be that present father that this is my vocation and this totally fine. Like both and like, it's not both and, exactly. Exactly. I love it. Catholic both and. Yeah. So like many of our couples, when they enter marriage, what I've been noticing is they try to like postpone a lot of this stuff, mm -hmm. like having kids because they, they want to, they want these dreams. They want these goals. They want to travel as a couple, but I know you, you kind of painted that whole picture that it doesn't have to be like that. And I wanted to ask like with your expect expectations coming into marriage and being a parent like were you expecting to have nine children and like when you started off your marriage or like how did you both you and your wife like kind of discern that and like being open to like starting having kids and this amount of kids well for kyla and i kyla and i my wife we, we actually came about it quite quickly and through a series of short conversations and it went something like this 
I, speaking for myself, I want more of Kyla in the world. I do. I'm in love with her. I want the world to be filled up with people like my wife. She's, she's amazing. She's fantastic. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's accomplished. She's got big dreams for herself and those she loves. She's merciful. She's kind. She's patient. That's what I want. So for me, it was kind of simple. At the very least, I want one other person in the world like my wife. I mean, how could I not? And then my wife gave me a great insight. She said, you know, I really think that to show, to learn, to grow in our trust for the Lord, we should be asking for the Lord to give us just one more child than we think we can handle. We went through some conversations. Can we trust God that much? Can we trust him to say, we really think we could barely handle one? And, and quite frankly, Ravi, that's what most couples feel. They have one child and they feel like, I can't, how could I possibly handle one more? But we adopted this mentality. What if we trust the Lord so radically? We said, Lord, we think we can't handle anymore, but how about one more? Let's just see. And you know what happened? We actually became pretty good at two. But maybe I don't think we can handle three. And But we asked that same question again. Lord, can we trust you enough? We don't think we can handle anymore, but maybe, maybe you can see it differently. And it just kept going like that. I think a lot of the time we don't have more children in this culture out of fear. We're afraid of what it will mean. Something's going to happen to me. I'll be out of control. I won't be my map that we talked about. I, I won't be following the map, the plan, whatever we call it. When in reality, with each new face that God gave us, the map became clearer. It became better. And the little people in our lives were adding little details to that map that's just phenomenal. I mean, for example, in our own lives, we've been talking, we love traveling, but now that my kids are reaching teenage age, they're like, dad, can we go to Germany? And I'm learning to speak German. I'm another child is like, no, dad, we're going to Japan. I'm starting to speak Japanese. That's amazing. They're helping us fill in the details and they're part of the dream with us. So for us, it was, it was a series of little questions, little aha moments. Of course, I want more of Kyla in the world. And of course, as a Catholic, I want to trust God. Can I, can I do that with my kids? And very quickly, we realized he never lets us down. And people say, you have a huge family. I don't feel like I have a huge family. I feel like I have all the faces I was ever meant to have. And if God gives us another child, I'll still feel the same way. Because we've learned over time to trust. My plan, as good as I think it is, it's got nothing on what the Lord can and does in my life. What he does in my life with these kids, with my wife, with our plans and our dreams and our goals. I mean, we just, we always stop short of the greatness he has for us. It's fantastic. So there's probably a lot more I could say about it, but if you're listening right now and you're thinking, how do I navigate that? When should we have kids? Look, I don't know what you think about your soon to be spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend, but how about this? Do you want more of them in the world? How powerfully do you believe that? And if you don't want more of them in the world, maybe <laughs> we need to reevaluate a few things. But for me, it was pretty clear. Wow, man. That was actually my first time hearing that perspective. Because I know Sarah well, and I were talking about this too. Mm -hmm. Like, be, like we've, we've been very open to having many kids. And one of, our, one of the dates that we went on 
when we were still um, I think we were dating actually before we got engaged we actually took a family out uh, we had dinner at their place mm-hmm. and they had 10 kids beautiful um, in the in the home because that, that was a conversation we had to talk about like how many kids and like how does that actually look like because I've because me like I've only been in a household with my two brothers and Mm -hmm. then sarah was an only child Mm -hmm. so like we couldn't even fathom that but we knew that that i mean we'd be open to it if that if that's what god was giving was going to give us in our marriage if that's what he's calling us to and i mean i just saw the beauty of like everybody working together and it's just kind of like an orchestra like everything is like (laughs) happening in the house and we're like whoa this is awesome and that just made yeah. us excited. I didn't see, like when we saw that, we're like, oh, what a dread, like all of our dreams. But we're like, man, this would be really beautiful if yeah. this, if God were to give give us this in our marriage. So yeah. I love how you said that, like how you you want to see more of your wife, Kyla, in the world. Mm-hmm. How, how that, like I didn't, I didn't even think about that, but that's why we have you. As our <laughs> and definitely, well, I'm glad to help. I'm glad yeah, to help. Definitely helping helping us as we continue to discern this whole this whole um, parenting journey. Um, so thank you for that. I w- let's talk about now, like just like parenting in general, mm-hmm. because what we've been noticing when we're coaching our couples is they would have a lot of disagreements related to how they were raised yeah. in their households. And they are allowing these differences in their upbringings bring a lot of tension in their relationship and their discernment. And like, should I, like, we have completely, like, we have different differences in these upbringings. Like, should we even get married? And they're having these questions. And I wanted to ask, like, how would you, how would you guide a couple who are having these conversations in their head? of having these different upbringings and allowing that to like continue to maintain the harmony that they have in the relationship because ultimately that's what they want they want they want to be with that partner they want harmony in their relationship but there's just like two different people raised in two different households Mm -hmm. Um, would you mind giving us some insight absolutely rafi you know this is a big one this is a biggie for a lot of couples because Generally, the conversation goes like this, if I understand it correctly. I love you. You're my, you know, fiance. And obviously your upbringing, whatever it was, brought me you. And I wouldn't change you for the, for anything. You are a gift to me. But as we get serious about this relationship and we're looking towards marriage and children, we start analyzing your past. And when I analyze your past, when I kind of set my fiance aside and look where she comes from, I see things I don't like, right? And I see maybe there's some things I like, but generally the focus becomes what I don't like. And what happens is we get defensive for the children that are coming down the line. Well, I don't want my child coming years from now, whenever that is, to experience what you experience. Now, we can understand where that's coming from. We're protecting people we love. But we have to get our heads on straight here. It was still that environment that brought this face, this person you're engaged to, or you love intimately. So I would suggest couples do a couple things here. And I think it's really important. When the conversation comes up about how do we raise our kids? What kind of things will we do or not do? There are some guidelines. 
One is we both have to agree we're going to analyze the families we come from. Okay, that's the first thing. It has to be fair game. Meaning you can't say, no, I don't want to talk about the way I was raised. No, I don't want to talk about the way the conversations I have with dad or mom or whatever. There has to be at least base level, the honesty to say, okay, I'm willing to discuss it. And for some couples, that's really hard. So that may take a couple goes at a couple of times trying, are you ready to talk about it yet? Can we talk about the relationship with with your dad or your mom or your grandparents? Can we talk about that? Can we talk about how you guys dealt with conflict resolution, especially in front of children? What did that look like? So step number one is be willing to be honest and analyze. The second thing is this, once you're both in agreement and you're going to try, you set maybe date nights aside, whatever it is to do this, then you say, okay, I'm allowed to point out anything good I find in your family, your, the past that you were brought up. But I can look at my fiance and say, okay, I can see you. your dad did a good job here. Your mom did a good job here. What I'm not allowed to do is find fault. Oh, because too often and too easily we find fault in the, especially when we love this person, they did what to you, they treated you how? So the rule is I'm not allowed to find fault. It's your job. It's my uh, fiance's job to find what she didn't like or would not want passed on to our kids. Okay. So let's reframe this again. So it's nice nice and clear. I'm sitting down with my fiance and I'm going to say, can you tell me what you liked about the way I was raised? The conversations, the way discipline was imposed, the way we were taught about anything, uh, all that stuff. What did you like? And when she does so, I'm going to tell her what I liked about what she's told me about her family and her upbringing and how they did things. And then I'm going to reflect on my own family and my own upbringing. And I'm going to be brutally honest and say, you know, we used to do this. And I don't think it was for the best. I don't think we should bring that to our kids. And then what I'm hoping my fiance does is ask a simple question. Why? Now, they may already agree with me. But it's important that they say why so that I myself articulate it. Because when kids are in the picture, we get defensive. We get defensive about our whole family history, our whole family line. I need to hear myself say why this is not good. And I really don't think before the kids are here, I don't think we should do that. And then my fiance has a turn. So here's what we've done, Rafi. Very quickly, we've established that where we come from, it's a mix. There's good stuff that happened. There's not so good stuff that happened, but I love you and I love the face that God brought me. So I'm going to trust that out of all that brought me someone like you. What was good there? What was good here? What could we change to make it even better? And if you are having that kind of conversation, it could happen over the period of months. It could happen right into your first years of marriage. It is going to help you huge because you're honest you're realistic, and you don't feel like you, your family, where you come from, are under attack. And for most marriages that don't start this process sooner rather than later, it happens, Rafi. I hear so many couples who feel like he's just attacking my my dad, or he's just attacking the way I was raised, or or the other side. No, no, she's just picking on the fact that you know we didn't read very much growing up, or she's just picking on. It eliminates all of that. I've already pointed out the flaws of my family. You've done the same. And I've stepped in and I've pointed out specifically, wow, you know what? Your your parents did a good job here. I think we should imitate something like that. Nothing feels better than your fiance saying, I liked what your parents did here. I liked that relationship you had with your grandmother. I really hope that we can do with our kids what was done with you when you were little or a teenager or whatever. 
So if you can, if you're listening right now and you haven't done this yet or started that conversation, I would really encourage you to, because otherwise the conflict will happen. And usually the conflict when it happens is quite heated and it's very personal. And you feel like not just you, but everyone you love and in your life is under attack. We don't want that. We don't want that at all. We want to be honest. We want to be clear. We want to point out the good. We want to make changes that are for the better. And we want to agree on it. We want to be in harmony. How does that sound, Rafi? I love it. I love it. And I totally resonate with that because um, especially like having like I because we when we work with our couples, we hear that that complaint of, oh, he just they're just so different than I yeah. am. And again, it's it's really our choice. We could choose that these differences to bring conflict and break down our relationship, or we could use these differences and leverage them and see exactly. what we can do on both ends and make our relationship even better from what we've experienced in our past. And again, it's like what you said, it's an intentional choice. It mm-hmm. really is a choice. And I'm sure a lot of the couples who are listening to this right now will feel empowered like, hey, there's things that 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 didn't work out very well in my upbringing there's things that did but from that let's go ahead and let's create let's let's be intentional about creating what it is that we want to create in our future and exactly. I, I love how you have that framework there is that framework of of being first intentional about talking about this so a lot of those couples like during your date nights don't just spend time with each other but actually talk Talk about these things. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah. yeah. Talk Imagine about that. these things. And it makes those date nights all the more powerful. It's not just, obviously, we want carefree uh, timelessness with each other and spending, I'm, I'm with my beloved, but I mean, there can be a real glue that happens here, real forming with the other so that you can, again, that dream, that map, it starts to take shape. Okay. I can see the piece on the, the island here in the map, can't you? This is what's going to happen around the issue of kids. And we're not going to do that because I realized I didn't, that wasn't the best part of my childhood, but that it's actually pretty good. I mean, you start adding those elements to your date nights or your time together, and you really feel like you're growing together and we need to grow together because God willing, you are going to be with this person for the rest of your life. And those children, those links in the chain, remember every child you have is another link between you and your spouse. It it makes you stronger if you approach it properly. So we can start laying the foundation for that now. And we can say, this is what we want for our kids, right? Do we still want that for our kids? I think so. And we don't want to do that other thing, right? No, I really don't think so. Because remember, we had that conversation. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So we need that. We need that early on, long before the vows are said. Yes, I love it. Thank you for answering all those questions. Um, I I hope all of you who are listening to this right now have that path that even though you're not married, there's things that you can start doing, things that you can start talking about with your partner that are really important rather than getting into your marriage, getting into parenting and not having to talk about this and then starting to react and like, oh, what's going on, blah, 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 blah. Um, so again, when you enter this, this, uh, this marriage, always be prepared, always be talking and really just understanding your partner. And again, these differences are good that you both have and what you guys are going to create. So do you have any like last parting advice for anybody who's listening to this right now um, who are desiring that a holy marriage, who 
want to be good Catholic parents in their future? Is there any parting advice? Yeah, I would say this, Rafi, and I'm sure you've said this to your audience numerous times, so I'm just going to add my my feeble voice to it. The whole engagement period is about creating links. It's about creating links. In a short time from now, you're going to feel like you're drifting off in the sea of life, in the sea of the world. Your careers, responsibilities are going to hit you. But every link you make, whether it's a child that binds you together or it's a conversation that really oriented how things are moving in your structures for each day, these links are what going to keep you grounded and together even as the waves are hitting you full force. So stick with Rafi and Sarah. Keep learning. Keep asking questions. Go to people who can show you the various ways to live out a marriage. Do all that form links so that when things get tough, you're solid. And you're ready to go and you're thing, saying things like, thank you, Jesus. We're on solid ground. We've got this because we have you. Well said. Thank you so much, Patrick. Um, thank you for your time and your friendship and just for being such a great mentor and a, an inspiration for Sarah and I as we continue this whole awesome, <laughs> interesting, crazy, tiring, <laughs> fun journey of parenting as well. And uh, we're glad that we have your friendship. Awesome. Um, before we actually head out, how, for all those couples that want to connect with you, um, how would they go about doing that? And do, is there anything that you want to share? Absolutely. You can always check us out on Instagram. We have a Facebook group. Just look up me and my house, but our main hub is the me and my house, uh, website. And there you'll find challenges for those with kids. You'll find the program. It'll be the only Catholic program you'll ever need. We're constantly adding to it. We have new modules coming out. Um, check us out there, meandmyhouse.net and get involved. Start thinking about it. Start those conversations. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I, I remember when we were talking that you had this, uh, this five-day challenge when it comes yes. to parenting. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Sure thing. Sure thing. So we have a five-day Catholic parenting challenge. And the idea is, especially if you have a child, um, I'm going to give you, it's a video challenge. So every day for five days straight, I give you a small, solid, tangible thing to do. And I, I love getting feedback from people because I, I hear all kinds. I thought this was going to be easy, but it's actually challenging. Or I thought I was doing pretty good, but you know what? I, I need to reevaluate things. Um, it's just one step to get you thinking about what that would be like, you know, to live a solid Catholic family life. And if you don't have kids yet, you know, this may sound weird, but I would actually encourage you to do it anyway. Mm. And the reason is it gives you some great ideas for what you could do when the time comes when you're blessed with a child. And you can ask yourself or your fiance, do we want to do that? Could that work for us? What would that do for us? I want you to walk into marriage with the tool set you need. So there's always going to be surprises, right, Rafi? When parenting, <laughs> it just happens. But most of the things you're going to encounter will not feel like a surprise. You'll be like, oh yeah, Patrick talked about this. Or I heard Sarah say that at one point, or Rafi mentioned this. We want you to walk in with eyes wide open and go, yeah, no, I'm ready because I took that challenge and I've stuck with my mentors. This is going to be good. Awesome. And it's free. It's free. Right on it's our website, meandmyhouse.net, the five-day Catholic parenting challenge. Awesome. I love it. So many resources. So we're going to have all this linked up in our show notes. So make sure you guys get plugged in with Patrick. Get into the challenge. Use that as a date night to, again, exactly. have these conversations. Okay. Um, this would be a really powerful, powerful idea. So make sure you get connect with him. Get part of the challenge. And um, thank you again, Patrick, for your time. 
Um, but yeah, praying for all of you holy couples on your journey of marriage. Thank you for listening. Take care and God bless. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already, subscribe to our podcast so you can get notifications of future episodes. Secondly, would you mind doing us a huge favor? If you received value from today's episode, please share it with your friends. Then, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, and this will also help us reach more couples preparing for the vocation of marriage. And lastly, if you want to go deeper with your life, spiritual, and relationship development, go to journeytomarriage.com resources to see a list of tools we personally recommend for your journey to marriage. Until, Until next time, time, future spouses. spouses.